everyone, this is Sylvia Doss and welcome to Re-Envision Health. This is the space where we explore the space where health, technology, and information merge. So today we're going to take a look at mental health. Now, according to the National Alliance on Mental Health, one in five adults in the U.S. experiences a mental illness in a given year. And one in 25 adults experience a serious mental illness in a given year that substantially interferes with or limits one or more major activities. And what I do know is that for employers, the issue and the, and the cost associated with mental health is definitely on the rise. So today, we are going to have a conversation with Christian Ranta. Christian Ranta is founder of Meru Health. Meru Health is a digital clinic that offers an app-based treatment program that is supported by licensed therapists. And Meru Health also just has this lovely mission to make mental health care accessible and effective for everyone. Envisioning a world in which all people have the tools they need to overcome depression and anxiety. Welcome, Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Hey, thanks a lot, Sylvia. Excited. Thank you. So tell us how the idea of Meru Health came to pass. How did we get yeah, here? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I have a long background in healthcare. So um, I actually founded my first company, uh, a medical device company when I was 25. It's a while ago and then built that company in Europe and Asia and eventually uh, sold the business in 2015 to a public Korean company. But what unfortunately happened in my life was that um, I lost my oldest brother, Peter, to, um, to suicide because of his depression. Mm. And then, um, you know, I kind mm. of uh, had to go in. Uh, with my, uh, you know, when founding Meru Health in 2016, I had this strong sense of urgency and, and uh, also kind of a sense of a, of a mission that I really wanted to go in and, and help improve access to mental health care and also the, uh, the efficacy and outcomes from the treatment of, of mental illnesses and mental health challenges. So that's, uh, that's me, man on a mission, and I'm, you know, very passionate about this topic and, you know, wanted to contribute, you know, in a way to my brother, but also then, you know, to people not to end up like my brother. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think, um, as far as your brother goes, do you think the issue was access, stigma? I mean, there's a lot of issues around mental health as to why people don't get care. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So there's definitely like, there's definitely an access component. Like, uh, he was only um, given medication and, and, you know, unfortunately for him, didn't really like work well enough. And then, on the other hand, he also had some stigma. So I think that he felt, uh, what I recall, he felt that it was just like really difficult to go to see a therapist and like really start kind of, you know, like a regular therapy or something like that. Um, so I, I, I also felt that, you know, we as a society got to be better at reaching people where they are and providing options like, you know, that there, there should be more options and, and better access uh, opportunities for people. So I guess that's, that was my brother. So um, it was kind of a combination of limited access and also some stigma for sure. Yeah. And it can be hard to find a, a provider. I mean, any provider. I'm right now looking to find a new, a, a new, you know, physical health provider. And that's a challenge. You know, it's like, where do I look? Who do I ask? And, you know, I 
can't imagine that it's particularly with mental health that people probably don't, you know, go to the, their, you know, friends and random coworkers and say, hey, do you have a good therapist you work with? <laughs> you know, the same way we may do, you know, a cardiologist or a, an OB as an mm -hmm. example. Yeah, good point. So what exactly does Meru Health do to help solve this problem? Yeah, so we are, um, like you also said before, we are um, a digital online clinic. You know, it's an app-based program and it's, uh, it works through uh, telehealth, kind of phone calls, video calls, and then an app-based chat-based interaction with uh, a licensed therapist. And nowadays we actually also have psychiatrists on staff who also then, you know, support people when they may have any more severe issues or any medication management or any side effects or anything like that. But basically how it works is that when people either get a referral from a doctor, like we work with Sutter Health as an example here in California, and then um, people would get a referral from a doctor or they would also potentially be able to access uh, this through their employers. So we also work with a bunch of employers uh, where employers can you know, market together with us uh, the solution to their employees and people who may, may be in need. And then people can either through the doctor referral or through the, the employer uh, marketing effort can directly get access to scheduling a call with a licensed therapist uh, within you know, usually like one to three days. So very quick access um, and a video or, a, or an audio call. And then people will, you know, if they're eligible and they want to kind of start and commit, they would go through a 12-week program, which is uh, based on like home lessons and video, uh, pre-recorded video lessons. And then also a lot of different practices. So what, what we, how we help people uh, is that there's the, the therapist supporting people almost every day. So I think the average interaction is now that you will be interacting with your th dedicated therapist uh, on average, it's like four to five days a week. So it's pretty uh, regular. Wow. Um, a lot of engagement there. So it's, it's been working really well. And then, you know, uh, as a patient, you'd complete uh, these kind of video lessons and learn about how, you know, what is self-compassion. It's a really important topic in today's world. But also then like things like worry, like a lot of people have a lot of worry causing anxiety, depression. How can you stop worrying about things and how can you like, um, you know, reformat your thinking? So we teach people like cognitive behavioral therapy skills. Mm. which are uh, essential and then also like mindfulness skills which are really important in like recognizing your own thought patterns and being able to make changes where you uh, feel they can be beneficial and then in, in you know in addition we also have something called nutritional psychiatry meaning that mm. we help people understand how nutrition and uh, you know your diet and what do you eat whether it be processed foods or you know more whole foods how it has a huge impact on your mental health and brain health. Absolutely. And then finally, we also have sleep medicine we've built in. So meaning that, you know, maybe 95% of people with mental health care challenges also have sleep issues and they either can't fall asleep or they're just like tossing and turning or, or they are, you know, they wake up in the middle of the night and can't sleep again and, and you know, just like disrupted sleep. So we have a lot of tools and different things we help people with to, uh, to sleep better. So that's kind of like what, what the program and what our offering is about. And I said, it's, you know, it's uh, licensed clinicians remotely working with every single patient very frequently during the, uh, the treatment program. Wow. So would someone have access to all of that within Meru Health? 
Yeah, so like if let's say that um, let's say that you got a referral through Sutter Health as an example, and yeah. you know in one to three days you'd be on the call with your dedicated matched therapist. Then uh, after that you would basically go through week by week, and then you know the content and the lessons they unlock week by week. And then after after you've completed the the twelve week intervention, you can still utilize and access all these tools, but just without the provider. So basically, then it's uh, it's you know the app. You get to keep the app and, and you can kind of go through any of these uh, lessons or practices or any of your discussions with your therapist or any reflections, uh, anything else uh, after the program as well. Nice. That's brilliant. It's actually brilliant to have this connection um, with the app and be able to access the app anytime you want and also be able to have this contact with your therapist kind of an ongoing basis. I personally don't know anyone who's even just touching base with their therapist four or five days a week, you know, unless you're actually in a facility. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually why we developed this, like, like how, it, you know, how it works now is that we call it continuous remote care. And mm -hmm. why it is important is that a lot of people today in, you know, in the United States, they, they will go to their primary care doctor, like 80% of people who have any, like, let's say depression or anxiety, they will first go to their PCP to kind of talk about their problem and the primary care doctor will then 80% out of, uh, you know, 80% of the times they will just give you a prescription for antidepressants. But in our case, we kind of figured, as it was with my brother as well and with numerous other people we work with, that when they have an urgent need, they want help now. They don't want to wait for for months even to get, a, get access to a therapist or, you know, to wait right. for the drugs to start maybe working, maybe they don't work. So, you know, we kind of wanted to do better, like be there for people uh, to help them when they are acutely having issues. Yeah. And I think of things that people, one thing that people don't always know is that a lot of those drugs don't work, you know, on the first take. It's not like an antibiotic. You may need to try several drugs to get something that works for you. In fact, as I recall, it was a pretty high percentage of it not working the first time. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It's like one third yeah. would actually, based on the statistics in the United States, uh, like one third would actually respond to the first uh, prescription. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. So you work a lot with employers and your focus is in working with a lot of employers and, and health plans, right? Yeah. Why so? Why employers? Yeah, good, good question. So basically, um, employers are, for a couple of reasons, they're uh, quite interested in, in improving access to mental health care and, and just like providing great benefits for their people. So the first thing is like you also talked about the costs of uh, untreated mental health or mental illnesses. Um, so that's one thing, like employers are starting to uh, more and more understand that, you know, if someone's having depression, they're at least their work productivity is impaired. So they are not going to be like their full self at work. They may have like even cognitive decline because of uh, depression or even anxiety can cause a lot of challenges in being able to be at the office, maybe panic attacks. And like, that's just like a huge struggle for people. So they may be present at work, uh, but they may not be able to contribute. And, and that's a large percentage of people, like something like 10 to up to 20% every year. And then, um, the other thing is that, you know, then it gets more serious and people may end up on disability or they may end up taking like days off. And, uh, and that's uh, then even a more direct uh, challenge for the employers uh, losing their people. Um, 
So that's kind of one thing why why employers are interested. And then the other thing is, is the uh, just kind of providing competitive benefits for people. And mental health care is, is becoming a you no. Know, it's it's a crisis in this country. I mean, and across the world, not only in the U.S. Yeah. but also in Europe. It's it's not anymore like a problem. It's actually a real crisis nowadays. There's so many mm-hmm. suicides. They're just on increasing, and it's just like uh, it's pretty bad, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good that you're in there doing something, you know, trying to trying to improve this access. And I think what employers, particularly like employers that have a lot of safety sensitive jobs, it can that can really escalate and really cause a lot of problems. Um, but you know, from my background, working for employers, you know, designing programs and implementing strategy around programs, I think employers a lot of times think, well, gosh, you know, I, I provide this mental health benefit, right? You know, I provide some type of reimbursement for, or even a copay access for my employees to go and get mental health services, to go to a provider. And I think a lot of times employers feel like, well, that's that's pretty good, isn't it? You know, but what I'm hearing is there's something going on in the world here as far as how people think about mental health, how they interact it, that requires us and requires employers to think about it differently than we think about when our knee hurts and when we have a cold. Well, yeah, totally. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like physical health problems and, you know, even cancer nowadays is less stigmatized than it used to be. And like mm-hmm. diabetes and cancer, you know, they, they used to be pretty stigmatized as well, like 10, 20 years ago. But they are now yeah. much more kind of, you know, uh, it's more okay to talk about these things. But I think as society, we got to do better in like helping people also, or helping ourselves get to that level as a society that where we don't stigmatize mental health challenges. And, you know, it's also now really well known that like depression as an example is at least 50 percent caused by different biological causes it's not that you're lazy or that you're just mm. like a mis- you know, unfortunate mm. person or whatever there's just like real biological problems that people have so it's even like even more so now understood that it's actually not like quote-unquote just in the mind you know uh yeah. And it should be treated like any other uh, healthcare uh, issue people have. So this is really where your support for sleep and nutrition really comes in to really support that those biological type issues. Absolutely, absolutely. So we kind of figured that, um, you know, some of these biological reasons and, you know, there may be like people may have like B12 vitamin deficiency, which can cause depression. Mm. You may have like a, thi- un, you know, a diagnosed thyroid issue, which can cause severe depression. And, you know, if you just try to do like therapy or counseling to tackle these things, there's no way, obviously, that, you know, you can't heal these problems or treat these problems with just counseling. But that's still uh, the model very often that we, you know, we would offer counseling or, you know, or sometimes even not counseling. Yeah. A lot of people only get the anti- antidepressants. So obviously, you know, if we're trying to fix everything with a hammer, you know, if we only see nails and we have a, <laughs> a hammer, then, you know, how that goes. Then so we should like just extend our toolbox. And that's what we are about. We're wanting to be like another type of a wrench or whatever in the toolbox where people can get really quick access and, and you know, maybe help solve some of these issues that uh, just counseling or just antidepressants cannot solve. So interesting. So interesting. One thing that I have found really interesting, you know, since I'm on that note, is burnout and how burnout can lead to depression. And I think for employers, this is a big space, right? Because I think employees are even probably more burned out now than ever. Yeah, there's. I think the latest statistics are something like 40% or of American workers are feeling like like strongly burned out every year 
So 40% is quite a lot, wow. I would say. And, and I think, you know, burnout <laughs> and stress, they are like maybe even synonyms very often. But you're right, burnout definitely also is, is very largely actually overlapping with depression. So, you know, if you look at the symptoms of burnout and look at the symptoms of depression, how they're kind of diagnosed or, or uh, defined, they're almost the same. It's like 90% of the same symptoms coexist with burnout mm. and depression. So definitely uh, burnout is a serious thing. And I don't know if you heard, but WHO, the World Health Organization, just yeah. announced that burnout will become an, a diagnosable medical condition in 2021. Wow. Wow. That really says something. Yep. That really says something. And I, I recall, you know, I go to the doctor, they're like, are you stressed? And it's like, of course I'm stressed, right? Everybody's stressed. <laughs> You're always stressed. And, and I think it starts to become a state for people, right? It's just how your life is. Um, and I can see how that just leads to burnout and depression and all kind of other, you know, health challenges. Now, one thing I know is that you've done a lot of work with doctors. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, we do a lot of clinical research where we work with a lot of doctors and like Stanford Medicine is one of our partners. But then we've also done work where like with Sutter Health, we got initially started with Palo Alto Medical Foundation here in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, where um, basically doctors have really high rates of burnout and, and depression. And uh, it's become a national crisis for healthcare organizations that there's uh, unfortunately a lot of doctor suicides there on the rise and doctor burnout is at like sky high level. And, and what it means for the hospitals and, and healthcare institutions is that if they lose one doctor because of burnout or, you know, become disabled or whatever, that's kind of going to, it's on average across the U.S., it's a half a million dollar cost for the institution or the, or the hospital mm. for one single physician. So we kind of uh, started with, uh, with Palo Alto Medical Foundation, Sutter Health in uh, treating their physicians. So we provided a very discreet access option where the doctors could self-refer themselves so that they didn't need to tell their employer that, hey, I'm depressed, uh, I need some help. Because obviously that's a huge stigma and even more for for doctors than I would say the general public. So then we kind of, uh, together with PAMP, they were, they were very smart to, uh, to help us, to, you know, together with us offer their employees, their doctors, a, a way to get direct access to Meru to get into a medical level treatment for burnout and, and, and anxiety and depression for the doctors so that the doctors remained anonymous to the employer so that the employer never knew and you know obviously it's a health information and we are a, a provider yeah. with, and so we can't obviously report that back but but that was kind of a good move because then we work with uh, like 30 plus doctors uh, in a pilot and it was extremely successful. And actually a lot of people had doubts that, well, you know, doctors, they're like so busy, they're not going to be able to do anything like it's, they're not going to like co commit or contribute or they're not going to, they're going to drop out, they're not going to finish the treatment. But actually we had a 96% completion rate among the physician population. And we realized that uh, wow. they were, they're, I think they're still the single most um, kind of compliant or engaged group of people that we've treated, uh, I mean, physicians in general, they are extremely uh, engaged when they have an issue and they really want to solve it. So we, we uh, had a great success with, uh, with uh, Palo Alto Medical Foundation um, early on and then started like working more with Sutter Health after that. But it's, uh, it's definitely uh, something, uh, you know, we're excited about and we're actually working now with John Muir Health as well. Uh, in the Bay Area. So, yeah. so there's more and more uh, organizations 
healthcare organizations coming on board and, and wanting to address this problem for obvious reasons. Wow. 96% completion rate. So the doctors are really engaging with this. They're getting a lot of value from it, which I think can only translate into them delivering better care and also helping their patients understand depression and recognize burnout and depression and maybe get some help through Meru as well. Yeah, totally. Actually, there's been studies that when doctors are burned out or depressed, they, they have a lot more medical errors in treatment. So there's, huh. a, there's a solid reason for uh, any healthcare organization to really like avoid any liabilities or any issues uh, with, with, with their care yeah. that they provide by <laughs> making sure that their providers are like in a, in a good condition. Yeah. Maybe I should quiz my doctor on their mental health. <laughs> see if they're using the, using Meru before before I start working with them. Yeah, maybe. So you've done a lot of work in this space, and I, I know that you're very dedicated to it and very involved with it. Um, for us out here on the outside. And you know, I know that there's there's those of us who are who are listening today who are like, well, this doesn't necessarily apply to me, or Wow, I wonder if this applies to other people, and they're not really, we're not really thinking about ourselves. Um, what do you think is the attitude that we should start to kind of bring in, bring into our thoughts, so that we can just have much more personal accessibility to burnout, depression, just different emotional issues? Yeah, that's a good question as well. So I think one approach, at least, that I think is very beneficial. Uh, you know, companies have been uh, conducting like uh, health risk assessments and, and surveys like that, and, and people have been able to like take different blood tests uh, and like see how their overall health is. And, you know, that's kind of part of our healthcare system. Uh, but actually, we are not doing a great job in like having people be able to take an assessment and a kind of a survey um, to understand like how much uh, potential mental health related symptoms they have. So that's also yeah. one thing we offer and what we've been working on quite a lot where we help organizations or other groups of people get access to uh, a survey tool where they can like in within like few minutes uh, kind of do a checkup on, on their current mm -hmm. wellness or their uh, emotional wellness to then see like, hey, well, actually, you know, like it seems that I, I may be like having some, some, you know, symptoms. I'm like maybe feeling sad. Uh, you know, several days a week, or or I may have like problems sleeping, or I may be like overeating, or I've lost my uh, my appetite. So there's many things that happen when people maybe become de depressed or have anxiety, which are sometimes unnoticeable. Like it's not always that easy to notice some of these things, but uh, but there are like good tools uh, out there, um, you know, in the internet, but also like companies like Mero, we provide these tools so that people can uh, assess their current state, and then if there's any any issues, then it's easier to recognize to maybe seek. Uh, seek care after that. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice to see that as kind of a norm, the same kind of norm that we have with health risk assessments. You know, they're checking on how much you sleep and you eat and you exercise. It would be nice to have a, a pretty substantial, I think, mental health component in there as well. Yeah, I think it's very important and it's going to benefit us, uh, everyone, a lot in the future. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're coming to the end of our podcast and you know, I always like to, you know, ask our guests to share something kind of special with us. <laughs> and basically, I like our listeners to walk away with, you know, one thing that we can do to be more engaged in 
really your world and what you're bringing. And it's really this mix of being open to mental health, being open to um, our own health and being open to really the technology, the use of it. I mean, mental health technology is relatively new and using technology in the space is relatively new. And I do know that, you know, some people may be kind of cut off from it at this point. So just like to know what are your thoughts or what is the thing that you think that we can start doing to open up our minds a little bit? Yeah, well, there's one really practical tool that I, I think would probably benefit a lot of people that I, you know, learned from a doctor, um, a kind of a very much mental health uh, oriented doctor back in the day. So it's, it's, a, it's a breathing practice, which can uh, help you. Uh, you can learn it easily, and I'll instruct uh, that in a second. But it helps to okay. cut off any panic attacks. Uh, it helps you to relax before you go to sleep, if you're having trouble like falling asleep. Or if you're really in a stressful situation during the day, you can calm yourself down in a matter of minutes with this breathing practice. So it's very, very useful. I use it myself very often. Uh, it's called 478 breathing. So it's basically you would count to four while taking a deep in breath, like one, two, three, four, and then hold your breath up until the count of seven. So you'll count to seven while holding your breath. And then you will slowly uh, breathe out, exhale, and count uh, to eight. And then repeat the cycle again, like quick in breath, count to four, then hold seven, and then out breath eight. And, and this cycle, if you repeat this um, something like between five to ten times, it will significantly relax your uh, your body, your autonomic nervous system will shift from the stress state or the kind of a uh, stressful state to more of a rest and digest and relaxed state. So uh, it is very powerful. And once wow. you do it like a few times, it will become even more uh, kind of powerful because you know it kind of takes usually a few few times to to get the gist of it and learn it and, and be able to start practicing it but it's very simple you can do it anywhere like you know while commuting or at home at work wherever it's very very powerful nice nice four seven eight i'm writing that down awesome. four seconds for a quick inhale seven seconds hold and eight seconds out yep five to ten cycles Okay, I think we should all try that this week. Yeah, and there's some good YouTube videos. Try it, try it at work. Yeah, yeah, and you know you can also search for that online, YouTube or Google. You'll see some examples there as well. Okay, beautiful. And I love this holistic approach, you know, to our health, really bringing in a mental health component. <laughs> yeah. So if someone is interested in Meru Health, um, how would they get in contact with you? Well, you know, um, uh, my email is Christian, my first name, K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N at meruhealth.com. So, you know, I, I read my emails frequently. So if anyone's interested, I'm, I'm here. Okay. All right. And you also got, you also have a website with some information on there. And there's, there's even a study on there that you've participated in. Yeah. Actually led. Yeah. yeah. We've done a lot of yeah. actually, there's going to be some more studies published soon. So we've actually done a lot of research, like mentioned earlier with Stanford and others. And yeah, it's a www.meruhealth.com there's more info there. Okay. And on the Reinvision Health website, I will also post that information so you can get in contact with Christian and with Meru Health. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, Christian. And I know we all learned something about what's going on out there in the world of mental health and um, just some ways that we can think about accessing and maybe start thinking about our mental health in a different way. So thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Sylvia. Really appreciate that. And wish everyone a wonderful day. Thank you.